I've been so excited lately uh, with the recent success I had of obtaining um, having a $10 a month monthly subscriber on this podcast. If you're listening, thank you. And if I have provided you value of any kind, please do consider making a donation. It helps me be independent and allows me to produce for you full time. And so I've been prototyping different episodes. Um, I have some new series planned for 10 or so episodes, more or less. And I also have more general commentary planned for other seasons of general commentary. And it's just been really fun. And that's how I like to live life. You know, I like to have fun. And you can have fun doing things you should. And you can have fun, you know, just for the sake of it. And you can also have fun doing things you shouldn't. Not that I would advise that. And so I was thinking about um, my philosophy and trying to be intimate with it deeply. And so I've been doing a lot of journaling and I've also been analyzing my some of my older podcast episodes, like the ones I'm really proud of and some of the ones I'm not. I've also been analyzing the outlines for new episodes and series and episodes within the series. I'm not sure what plural for series would be a series. I don't know, but I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. And, you know, information is the biggest part of, the biggest component of this podcast. It's not just dead air or music. Information is the biggest component of this podcast. It's not just dead air in the recording. It's not just silence. There's brief moments of silence as I move from word to word, letter to letter sentence to sentence, paragraph to paragraph, point to point. It's not just like music where it's sound without lyrics, like an instrumental. It's me talking about my understanding of things. And even though I think people shouldn't take life too seriously, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that movie is somewhat of a cautionary tale about that when you think about it. Um, you know, it's like we need to understand how seriously we should take something. And there's more information in the world than we can come to know. And that's why we need to give careful attention to our thinking, our learning, and understanding, and observing, and interpretations, among other things. But those would be the primary things that I'd say we must give careful attention to. Uh, because so long as we build the most accurate mental models we can, um, we, in, we adopt and replace the necessary beliefs to have a more accurate mental model, the better our frameworks of reality are going to be, even though we can't come to know all things, at least in this time period, that's what I think is the case. Um, and so in other respects, apart from that, I do see life as something to be experienced rather than figured out. You see, it's the hindsight where we figure out life. However, before we get to hindsight, what would the opposite of hindsight be? I think it'd be foresight. We, we experience life. 
And that's just the interesting thing about how, how it works. And that's why clarity and clear thinking is a really important thing to me. When I turned 30 years old, last year on August 16th, in 2021, I had an honest conversation with myself and throughout to now about my relationship with alcohol. You see, I don't smoke pot and I, I don't do like drugs in the sense of like cocaine or shrooms or LSD or anything like that. Um, because I don't have an appeal or proclivity towards that. I don't have an interest in it. I don't believe it would benefit me. Um, and alcohol doesn't really benefit me either. The only thing I think that is valuable about alcohol, like safely drinking, responsible drinking, is that it acts as a good creative crutch because it loosens your inhibitions and you can write more unhinged, like more unfiltered because you can't govern yourself as well. Um, It's a fun tactic once in a while. However, I had to have this honest conversation with myself about, I'm 30 now. And I want to get in shape. I want to be fit and live a healthy lifestyle. Even if I only drank alcohol once or twice every two months or something like that. You know, do I really want to be that guy in his 30s who's still drinking? And so, I I still, uh, the last time I drank, I can't remember when it was. A few weeks ago, was it last month? I can't remember. Uh, Because I started my adventure in sober life. And I'm going to go as long as I can without drinking or using certain kinds of drugs. I'm okay with using caffeine and nicotine. Those are my current drugs of choice besides prescription medication. Taking it as prescribed. Uh, I guess you could probably throw Advil in there for headaches when I have a headache. I don't, well, I mean, I'm hoping the stuff is just obvious and a given. But I have this, like, thing about me where I want to be as precise as I can, even though I'm not always good at it. And, you know, there's this common idea, at least in America, that in your 20s you have this, like, grace period to fuck up and do all sorts of stuff. And I find that to be interesting because I kind of understand the logic to it, where it's like... You have a lot of time and energy where you can mess up and learn from it. However, at the same time, you could counter-argue and have a concrete argument, for, uh, um, a equally good argument as the other position, um, where those are pivotal years, where you're impressionable and you have the energy and you have the time. Why not be very disciplined? Why, why, why not be as adequate and as excellent as you could be in your 20s. You could argue that those years are actually foundational to establishing yourself when you're older. So those are two different ways to look at, you know, being in your 20s, um, especially for men. And so that's like two different paths in your 20s. And for me, I kind of did both. Uh, I, I made time to pursue music as a business 
And I, in a lot of ways, I did succeed in that as a self-published musician. And in other ways, I did kind of sabotage myself because I didn't want to just be financially responsible. I had a very small income and I wanted to go out and see bands and party with people and play shows and that kind of thing. And so I did. Um, and I don't necessarily regret doing that. I think that was a worthwhile use of time and money. Not that I would advise other people to live that way. However, I'm saying, for, speaking for myself, I'm okay with it. And also, I, I have to be okay with it. Right? Well, I don't have to, but uh, what I'm trying to communicate is that um, I made peace with my past. And I think that's why I'm able to look at it so lightheartedly. And that's like the thing is like, we choose what we take seriously and we choose what we don't take seriously. You know, think of someone who kind of lacks a sense of humor or their sense of humor doesn't show very much. Um, and they're hard to make laugh. They're probably very serious people. And if, if I'm articulating correctly, I'm talking about people who are rigid and, and philosophical and somewhat overthink. In contrast to funny people, you know, jokers, people who are funny, they tend to accumulate status. And in contrast, uh, the serious people, they tend to accumulate status um, for their work ethic and intellect and things like that. Um, going back to the funny people, um, funny people accumulate status because they're charming and provide good experiences. And you see, both have a good idea about what matters to them and what should matter in certain ways of thinking. Um, you know, I'm kind of in between, but I lean more towards the serious side of things. Um, but I respect um, funny people because I agree with them in the sense, like you'll typically find this, that 99% of things in life don't really matter. 1% of those things do. It would be like family, excellence, community, kindness, patience, gratitude, that kind of thing. And a good laugh, of course. Never underestimate the importance of a good laugh. I'll have to do um, an episode just on that at some point. Maybe the next episode. Um, and so, you know, um, it, it's just really cool to see that there's different kinds of people who have different ideas about what matters. And being able to um, understand what matters and what doesn't matter from different perspectives, like you focus on one thing, why it matters and why it doesn't, why it should matter to you and why it shouldn't matter to you. And there's subject, as much as there's objectivity to, the, to those things, like determining the value of it, there's subjectivities to it too, emotional things. Um, like our interest um, would be a big factor in our discernment about what matters to us. Or in fact, that is what matters to us. It would be what's in our interest. However, we have to determine what is and is not in our interest through discernment and looking at the results of things, the potential of things, the value of things. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, life is very much multi-layered. I'm not trying to like say that like, life is really complex or anything. It's intricate. And I think life at the end of the day is really simple, but we make it complicated because it's hard to make sense of simple things. You know, because when you explore a complex subject matter, 
you end up coming to a simplistic core principle behind the whole matter. And that's really interesting. And this applies to sober life. You know, we, well, I'm going to speak for myself. The reason I'm going sober life is because I want to have clarity. I don't want to have a clouded mind as I go through life, you know, from this point forward, you know, a few months into being 30. And, uh, you know, give or take some months, you know, I'm past a few months uh, into being 30 as August is just a few months away. So, um, I want to get fit. I want to live a healthy life. And the thing is like the experience that drugs and alcohol provides us, like that's really with inside us at all times. We just have to set our lives up in a way where we can unlock it instantaneously and it takes practice and building rituals and systems and understanding the correct sequences to live a life well spent. <coughs> and, you know, I, I just don't see the need for me uh, to use mind-altering drugs like alcohol or pot or things like that in order to improve my experience or my productivity or my content or what have you. I don't need it to improve my life in any way. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't. You know, and I believe that going sober life is a superior decision. Um, and that's also a great way to avoid becoming an alcoholic or a drug addict. It's to not do those things. And I don't want to get into the debate of marijuana is addictive or not. I believe anything can be addictive if you like it enough. Um, it's, it's kind of a tricky issue to talk about. And I do plan on talking about it more in this podcast. I just want this to be like the starting episode and like how I approach sober life and, Um, you know, I'm not an alcoholic or drug addict other than like nicotine use and caffeine. That's where I have addiction. Um, so when it comes to, um, other drugs, I, I'm not addicted to them or I I guess like I'm trying to talk about like chemical compounds, but I'm sure there's like activities I'm addicted to. Um, but nonetheless, um, all that considered, I do eventually want to quit using nicotine at some point. The longest I ever went was two years and a few months. And I also quit caffeine and alcohol then too. And like I said, I'm not an alcoholic or anything. It's just, I choose not to drink because it it doesn't really serve me to drink. And there are some episodes I have been drunk on this podcast and I'm not necessarily proud of them, but they're not worth removing because they turn out satisfactory. It's also kind of a funny comedic element to add to this podcast. So there's entertainment value to the experience there too. And so the other thing to realize is like there's cultures surrounding like certain kinds of drugs. Um, you know, from what I've gathered from movies like Wolf of Wall Street, cocaine is not a poor man's drug. Um, and you know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear about it and talk about people doing cocaine, especially if like they're in some sort of like business career. And then there's like bourbon, scotch and cigar snobbery. 
you know, the fancy cigars. It's regal. It's royal. It's elegant. It's classy. It's this. It's that. You know, the intellectual, well-established men pursuing intellectual endeavors at a cigar lounge. And by the way, that is a true stereotype. I, I actually frequent cigar lounges, not to drink, but to smoke cigars and network with people. A uh, little life tip for you there. Um, and especially for ladies who are looking for well-established older men. Um, yeah, cigar lounges are a great place to meet them, in my experience. Uh, so you better be high value. You, you better you better be nice and cooperative the whole relationship if you want it to last. And hopefully he's a good guy. <laughs> hopefully he's he's a good person. Hopefully he's who you hopefully you're both who you hopefully you're both who you guys need each other to be. I don't know how well I delivered that, but we're just gonna roll with it. Um, and you know, it's, it's a thin veneer, all these different drug cultures, whether it's bourbon, scotch, or cigar, snobbery, or cocaine, or something else, or even like the cringy LSD, like spiritualistic empath bullshit. Um, you know, it's all thin veneer. It's just people are coping with reality in those ways. And those are things they enjoy. And the thing, the thing that I disagree with most is when, when certain people in those communities, those cultures talk about how beneficial it is or how to improve the quality of their life, uh, that just indicates to me that you're not comfortable dealing with pain. I'm not saying I'm right about that, but I'm saying that's what it indicates to me. You know, I don't need alcohol to have fun. I don't need alcohol to prove my experience. I don't need any drugs for that. Um, I'm just addicted to nicotine. I'm just addicted to caffeine. And, you know, I'm grateful that nicotine and caffeine don't alter my mind where I couldn't do certain things like drive a car. Um, and, you know, eventually I want to kick the nicotine habit and eventually I want to kick the caffeine habit. Most of my caffeine comes from tea. Um, otherwise it's energy drinks. Uh, most of my nicotine comes from vaping. Otherwise, it comes from swishers. Because those are the kind of cigars you can inhale and no one will have a problem with it. Because they're like the Budweiser of cigars. Um, nonetheless, my point is like it's a thin veneer of these cultures. It's, these things aren't good for you as no matter how much these people say it is. I'm not saying they don't have positive benefits. Maybe drinking doesn't. And neither smoking or Something like that, right? Things like that. But, you know, a lot of people claim marijuana has certain kinds of benefits. A lot of people claim cocaine gives them the energy they need to do their 9-to-5 sales job. But, like, the thing is, like, we're so good at messing up our lives and then justifying it. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that we need, we need these kind of things. I think it's a thin veneer, and I think there's a lot of glorification and justification that comes with drug use people's drugs of choice you know of course they would defend that it makes them feel good and they want to keep feeling good um and the, and i think like people are afraid to meet the ultimate mentor which is pain that's where great wisdom comes from is pain and suffering you know think of going through a breakup you've probably come to really interesting insights from that experience you know I'm not trying to make trauma out to be poetic or anything, but I'm just saying like pain teaches us very valuable things that we can't get anywhere else. 
at least at a lot, at least some amount of the time, perhaps a lot of it. And so pain is a necessary thing to feel. And I think that we should learn to sit with it sober and deal with that. You know, and the reason I want to go sober life beyond clarity is just to be healthy and experience life. Like I said earlier, life is something to be truly embraced and experienced. And I want to have as much clear thinking ability as possible when I do that. Same goes for this podcast. So I'm going to go as long as I can without certain kinds of drug use and certain, I mean, without certain kinds of drug use or alcohol. And there's this popular phrase like you'll hear in like AA or NA and other kinds of people like you're, you're going to hear like something like nobody chooses to be addicted. Well, I actually know the outlier. I personally knew this guy. I won't mention his name or how I met him or anything, nothing identifiable. However, um, I remember one day he was hanging out with us, the band and, you know, some of our friends that came over to watch us record and rehearse and stuff. It was a really fun day, by the way. And he goes, you know what? I want to get addicted to drugs. I want an addiction. I want meth. And we're like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I also want to be homeless. I'm not even kidding. Like, you probably think I'm making this up and exaggerating. Maybe I'm not quoting him verbatim, but it's pretty close. And the and those points were made very clearly by him. He wanted to get addicted to hard drugs, to have an addiction, and also be homeless. And by the way, he succeeded in the goal very, very quickly and very easily. And he slowly lost his mind over time. Sometimes I see him on the sidewalk as we drive by and he's like muttering to himself and making weird gestures with his body and hands. And he's really incoherent and difficult to communicate with. And sometimes he's catatonic. He, he had a mission to downward spiral and mess up everything good in his life just for the sake of the ideal of having an addiction. I'm not sure if that's the right way to characterize it, but that's what it seems like. If it wasn't an ideal, it was just a really horrible goal that he succeeded in. So there are people, or at least him, that choose to be addicted. And that's, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's absurd and nonsensical. And it was an actual part of reality. Or it is, rather. And so that's a strange thing. And also... Man, I really want to tell the story of Nicotine Patch Kid sometime. He's a legend around here. Um, you know, he also chose to go the homeless route. Um, I don't know if I'll ever tell that story, but I got plenty of stories from my life. And I, I, I do have to get them advised by counsel, and especially how I'm going to tell them. So that's going to be a trickier process than writing a 10-episode series on some specific subject and theme. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what stories I can cook up for everybody. It's fun. And, um, I, I could also use practice getting better at storytelling anyway. Um, but the thing is like, the problem with the best stories I have is like certain things take place, but that's what makes it good. The, that risk, you know, think of like trolling content online. Or prank channels. They, they always like border the edge of 
something bad, but that's what makes the good content. It makes it fun to watch. I don't know. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to see what I can cook up. I'm going to see how I can do it in an appropriate um, way, an acceptable, satisfactory way as well. And, you know, so it's like that guy I was mentioning earlier who chose to get addicted to drugs and mess up his life and be homeless. Uh, he's sort of a inspiration, not foundational, but he's sort of an inspiration for sober life. What's foundational to sober life is my interest. Like I want to be healthy and I want to be sober and I want to embrace life. Um, he's just, um, an additional part of like, he's a memory of mine. And you know, that's the saddest thing about this situation is that he is no longer who I knew him to be. And by the way, before he made those choices, he was really intelligent, really intellectual, really fun to talk to great conversationalist. And great at many other things as well. Very likable. Very charming. Um, you know, but that that version of him does not exist anymore. He took that away from all of us. From me. I'm wondering if he's satisfied. I'm wondering if what he did was enough. Did he get what he truly wanted? Was it worth it? And at what cost? Can he even comprehend such a set of questions? Or ideas? Or thoughts? Would it make sense to him in some way? Such a sad thing to think about. You know, some people we knew just turned into memories. For better or for worse. That's a crazy thing to think about. And other aspects of, like, sober life is that, you know, um, I think it's going to be different for everybody. Like, if you want to pursue sober life, or any of you do, like, depends who you are and how, how you should approach that. It depends who you are, and that will determine how you should approach it. For... For me, as somebody who is only addicted to nicotine and caffeine, it's easy for me to go sober life, other than the nicotine and caffeine. Um, it, it, and other things, right, that are safe. Nicotine's not safe. Or maybe it's the tobacco. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. I'm losing track. But I'm sure you guys understand what I'm trying to get across. When it comes to me like it's going to be easy to go sober life dodge alcohol and certain kinds of drugs and live life that way if you suffer from alcoholism or you're some sort of other alcoholic or like a problem drinker or something um it might not be that easy so i advise seeking professional help on that kind of thing if you're a drug user of some kind and you're truly addicted to like alcohol or other kinds of drugs like cocaine or something. Um, recommend seeking like a therapist or going to AA or NA or both. Or I mean, just get professional help. See a doctor or something. You know, I'm not an expert on that kind of stuff and I'm not going to pretend that I am. And so when it comes to 
you know, me, it's going to be easy to do this. You know, uh, we all have different relationships with different things. Um, we, we build emotional attachments to items. Like in minimalism, some people have a hard time giving up things they don't even use. Things that sit in a box in the corner of a storage room, they have a problem trying to throw it away. You know, so why would that be different with like alcohol or other things? Of course, we have like a relationship to it. And we have some sort of idea of how it impacts us and affects us. Um, and also how we affect it and how we impact it. You know, it, it's an interesting thing. We have certain relationships with people, places, and things. Nouns. You know, and truth be told, like, I just want to enjoy life the best I can and think as clearly as I can, have the most accurate framework of reality I can, have the most accurate mental models I can, make the most clear choices I can, make the best choices I can. Just because I want to have good results and I want to be intimate with everything. Raw, unfiltered, unhinged, and intense, like pain and joy, pleasure, you know, discipline, productivity, recreation. I, I, I want to experience it all as clearly as I can and as intense as I can and as intimately as I can. So those are my thoughts on sober life.